1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. There's wisdom in that verse. All things, all people, when everybody, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but I'm just going to save some. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them it is time to win them. Then you may be seated. In 2005, I got married. A week later, I moved to San Diego. When I moved to San Diego, it is one of the most beautiful places in California, without a doubt. Beautiful beaches. Uh, I mean, it's just a great place. Now, it's a little too laid back for me. I, you know, I kind of, I like it. I know we got a lot of traffic here, but I like it. You know, it's still, it's still good. It's not L.A. traffic, praise the Lord. But the Bay Area, I love the Bay Area. And when I moved to San Diego, I said, man, this is kind of very similar to the Bay Area. Now, what I also found is that, man, they have the best carne asada fries you will ever eat in your life. I'm making some of you hungry right now. Pastor, hurry up and finish. I want to eat. Beautiful beaches, great food, great people. But also what I found is that in San Diego, they only have really two teams that they can really go for. They have the Chargers. Yeah, so you guys don't really care about them. You know, if I were to say Niners, I'd hear Raider fans, boo. Yeah. But Chargers, they got the Chargers. But the other team that they have is the Padres. Now, the Padres, what I found is that San Diego, man, they don't really, like, they like them, but they don't like them. You know, it's like that one uncle everybody has. Like, you like him, but you just don't really like him. It gets on your nerves sometimes. The Padres, they're there. They're good. So one day we're there, and they had a family night. And at this family night, all of Victory Outreach San Diego, they bought tickets. So there was about 150 of them. Plus, the mother church came down from L.A., about a two-hour drive. There was about another 150 of them. So there was 300 Victory Outreach folk in the left field bleachers. We took over. Now, we took, now mind you, I had only been there for about maybe, I don't know, seven, eight months at the time. And we're there. Now, me, I'm a Giants fan, and I hate the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. I hate the Dodgers. The Padres are playing the Dodgers. It wasn't the Giants, so I was like, all right. So I remember I said, I'm going to go, and I'm just going to have some fun. I mean, there's 300 of us, and there's about another, you know, 20,000 people there. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be great. So I went, and I remember I was walking up the bleachers, and I had a Padres jacket on. Right away, people from Victory Outreach, the mother church, they knew, wait, he's a Giants fan. So they started looking at me, and they started ragging on me. Boo! You're a ranker. This is the first inning. Like, they haven't even thrown the first pitch yet. And boo! I mean, they're just going, these Dodger fans, right? Now, the thing about, at that time, the Dodgers were in first place. So Padre fans... They kind of have what we would call no leg to stand on. Like, what are you going to say? They were just, you know. So the Dodgers, they were really, they were taking over the San Diego Stadium. And so 
you got all these Dodger fans. Now, mind you, if you know Dodger Stadium, you're not allowed to have signs in Dodger Stadium. But in the Padre Stadium, you can have signs. So the Dodger fans, they were excited. They had signs. You know, Jesus is a Dodger fan, right? They had all this. You know, L.A. stands for heaven. Like, they were so excited. They had signs. They had everything, blankets. I mean, they were just like, yeah, I mean, you go on. And I'm sitting there. I'm not from San Diego, but I'm wearing a Padres. Mind you, there's 300 of us taking over the whole place. And I'm sitting there, and the Dodgers start winning. It's the fourth inning, three to one. Fifth inning, five to one. I mean, they're winning. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And they're just going at these Padre fans. Finally, I was like, look, I'm not a Padre fan, but, like, man, somebody should say something. Somebody do something. And so finally, it was about the sixth inning. Dodgers were winning five to one. And the Dodger fans were ragging these Padre fans behind me. I mean, just ragging on them. So finally, I said, you know what? So I just got up, right? Tons of people, not even, you know, saved folk, just a bunch of other folk, too. Finally, I got up. I said, you know what? It's all about the Padres. And you should have seen it. All these people, like, out of nowhere, that I mean, they were, like, at least 10 sections over. You stink! I mean, just ragging. I'm the only, and I'm standing up, and I'm like, where are all my Padre fans at? Where's the support? I was like, Padres! And, the, you know, they started doing those chants. Padres stink! Padres stink! You know, they're just going, I mean, just, just ragging. I'm like, I, and I'm standing up. Everyone's sitting down. I'm like, man, I felt bad. I really felt bad. Ninth inning came around, and... I said, you know what, it's 5-1, to one. It, you know, this, this game is pretty much, it's over. Now, if you know anything about the home team, the home team gets the bat last. I left on the top of the ninth. I was like, God bless you guys, hey, man, you know, we're going to leave. And, you know, they started messing with me. Ah, see, you're leaving early. I thought you were a Giants fan. You're a ranker. Ah, ah, whatever, I'm, I'm out of here. I left. I'm walking out the stadium. As I'm walking out the stadium, I'm walking with a few people. We're walking. Finally, I walk out of the doors. Right as I walk out of the doors of the stadium, I start hearing cheering. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. So I asked the, the, the guy, he had a radio right there. I go, what happened? Oh, the Padres just scored. Oh, five to two. All right, five to two. Bottom of the night. They're not going to win. I get in my car. As I'm driving, I start hearing, click. Five to three. Padres are coming back. Oh, my gosh. Next thing you know, I'm driving. I hear a little bit more. Another guy hits a two-run home run. Five to five. They tied it up. I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, my gosh. They went to extra innings. The very next inning, the Padres scored, and the Padres won. They won six to five. Next day was church. I walk into church, and I'm there, Victory Outreach San Diego. And you could see everybody's so happy, like, yeah, we beat the Dodgers. Now, if you know anything about bottom of the ninth, losing five to one, you can't, that's a very large margin to come back from. That doesn't happen all the time. So I walk into church, and I'll never forget this. One of the OGs from San Diego, one of the ladies, OG, she had been there for at least, I think, around 27, 28 years already in the church. One of the grandmothers of the church. She walked up to me. She goes, Pastor Stevan. I said, yeah, yeah. She goes, you know the Padres won last night? I go, I heard. She goes, you, you didn't see it? You weren't there? I go, oh. I go, I left early. She goes, you know what? I think we won that game 
because you wore the Padres jacket. I go, well, amen, praise the Lord, I'll take that. Anything to beat the Dodgers. There was a commercial that came out years ago, and it had people doing some weird things. And at the end of the commercial, it was a football commercial, and it's, at the end of it, it said, it's only weird if it doesn't work. You guys remember that? People do crazy things to see other things happen. Baseball players are very superstitious, very superstitious. Boxers, very superstitious. Football players, basketball players, very superstitious. Okay, I got to have my gloves. They got to be this tight. At this. Okay, my socks, they can't go this high. They need to go this high. I need to, I need to wear my lucky shirt. I have to wear, if I don't have my lucky shirt, okay, we're not going to win. It's just a superstitious like that. It's just the way that it is. People do weird things to see other things happen. The Apostle Paul is here saying, listen, I'm going to wear this jacket and it may or may not work. And if it works, well, praise the Lord. If it doesn't, well, it doesn't work. It's okay. That's fine. This is what the Apostle Paul was trying to convey to the people. He says, listen, I become all things to all men that I might win some grandmothers from Victory Outreach San Diego. I need you to understand that what I'm doing might be a little weird to you, but I have a purpose for it. You may not fully understand it right now, but there's a reason why I'm doing what I am doing. See, here we see the Apostle Paul, a crazy ex-Christian persecutor, sharing some radical methods to win some souls. Paul did some radical things to save souls. When you read the scripture, his desire to win souls far outweighed his very own body. He took the term self-sacrifice to a whole nother level. Why? To save souls. He went city to city. Why? To save souls. He was exposed to constant danger. Why? To save souls. He received 39 lashes from the Jews five times. He was beaten. Why? To save souls. He was beaten with rods and shipwrecked three times. Why? To save souls. He went without sleep and even without food or clothes. Why? He was willing to be anything or nothing to do this or that by any means. Why? Soul saving had been a master passion of his soul. He was in the world for it and everything else had been subordinate to it. Someone once said it is to one's glory to deny himself that he may serve Christ and save souls. In 1985, my father bought me a jacket for Christmas. Do I still have that jacket? Nah, not a big deal. I was young. I was six years old. wasn't a big deal. I think I lost it like the next week. Like, whatever. 1997 was on my senior high school uh, trip, and I was drowning. I'll never forget. I was drowning in Hawaii. I was drowning. I said, oh, my God. And I, I like, if you've ever drowned before, you remember, like, that water, the eye, the water, the eye, water, like you could see. And I just remember going under. And the next thing I remember was just a girl passing by. She grabbed my hand, picked me up, and said, here, take my board. Like nothing. Like to me, I thought, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But thank God for that board. Like I needed that boogie board. And she just kept going on about her way. Now, I say that because do I still have that jacket? Nah, it's no big deal. Do I still have my life? Of course. I thank God that that person came by and saved my soul. What am I saying? I'm saying, listen, the Christmas gifts that you get every year, it's not a big deal. But souls, they're a big deal. 
Don't let Christmas gifts, don't let certain uh, uh, pageantry, other things take the place of saving souls. My friend, you and I have to have an encounter with saving souls. Leonard Ravenhill said this. He said, today's Christians spend more money on dog food than on missions. I said, I mean, that convicted me to the core of saying, what am I doing? What am I a part of? What am I doing with my life? Do I just go to church just to go to church? Or is there a purpose and a plan of why I go? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. I want to read this whole context here. It says, For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, verse 17, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it. I like that word. What's the next word? Free. Somebody say free. Free of charge. And so not to make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. Verse 23 says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Here in this verse, in these verses, in this chapter, you know what the apostle Paul is really sharing here? You know what he's dealing with that we're actually dealing right now in America with? It's called racism. That's what this scripture is all about. It's about racism. Now, remember, I don't have time to really get into it, but you got to remember the, the disciples, the, their ethnicity, their nationality were Jews. And a lot of times, being Jewish men, they were not supposed to associate themselves with people outside of their own race. Now, some of you, you were probably even brought up just like that. You were brought up, no, 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 we, we're white folk. We stay on the white lines. No, 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 no. We, we brown folk, we stay where the browns are. No, 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 no. We, we're, we're black. We stay amongst the blacks. Now, I say this because even so, even though in the Bay Area we have a mixture, but a lot of times even within the mixture, you still find ourselves segregating. Now, you're probably saying, oh, that can't be, Pastor. I, matter of fact, it is. Every Sunday morning, you and I both know that we go, hey, what church are you going to? Oh, you're going to that black church oh you're going to the white church oh you're going to the brown right so don't think for a second oh we're not we don't have the race card yes we do have the race card it's still even in many of us in our minds no no no, no I, I can't I can't go there I can't do it I, I can't deal with him I can't deal with her they're of a different race than me they're of a different culture than me they don't understand my culture they don't understand what I've been. They don't understand the oppression that my race went through. Paul understood that. So Paul, when he's sharing this, 
He says, listen, let me tell you a few things even about myself. Now, Paul was a Jew, but he also had Roman citizenship. Now, you're probably saying, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, it's like myself. I'm a Latino, right? I'm Latin. When people see me, they go, oh, you're Mexican. You must speak Spanish. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like, oh, you're African. You must be Afrikaans. No, it's not the case. But because you're black or because you're white or because I'm Mexican, certain things are allowed to me that I can do that maybe others cannot do just because of the way that I look, the way that you look. I'm a Latino, so I walk into certain places and people just don't trip. Oh, he, he looks like one of us. Uh, he looks like one of us. So if some of you were to walk into some of the places that I go to, you would just stand out right away just because, oh, wait, he looks different. Well, there's something different about her. There's something different about him. If I were to walk into some of the places that you go to, they would look at me. He looks a little different. He's not my skin color. Just, just for whatever reason, that's just the way that we are. Paul understood that. So Paul, being a Jew, having Roman citizenship, the same way that I am of Mexican heritage, I can go to Mexico, no problem. Hey, no big deal. I'll just walk right in, come right out. All right, I got the passport. Hey, I, can, I got dual citizenship. I can go both places. It's not a big deal. Paul was saying exactly this. Hey, I, I got Roman citizenship. I understand this. I'm a Jew, but I also got Roman citizenship. So I can talk to the Romans. There's a good understanding that you and I have. My wife, sometimes she, she laughs at me because uh, when, whenever I go places, I begin to take on the accent of wherever I go. She cracks up at me sometimes because, like, I'll come back from the Philippines and, oh, salamapo, you know, uh, thank you. you know, I, I just start speaking Tagalog and Jesus love you very much, you know. Uh, air condition, you have air condition, air condition, air condition, AC, salamapo. You know, I just, for whatever reason, when I go there, I just, and then even when I came back from Africa, I was like, Afrikaans. I, now, they have a very strong accent. I'm, I'm trying to get that, that British accent a little bit. But uh, I had a friend of mine, he was Indian, so we would go and I would talk to him and, hey, how are you doing today? And we just very, very good. <laughs> At first it was funny, but then when I would talk to him, he really liked me talking back to him like this. So we would talk, hey, let's go to 7-Eleven. Maybe your uncle give a Slurpee. Let's go. <laughs> I really used to say that. I'm not joking. I used to say that. Now, it's a little humorous, a little funny. But Paul was saying to these disciples and saying to other men and to other people, he says, listen, you need to learn how to be other ethnicities. Stop being the way that man created you and start being the way God created you. There's a difference. Uh, see, are you understanding me? There's a difference. Matter of fact, there was a man by the name of Hudson Taylor he was a British missionary to China. He spent 51 years in China in the mid-1800s. Taylor was known for his sensitivity to the Chinese culture and zeal for evangelism. Now look at this. He adopted wearing native Chinese clothing, even though this was rare among missionaries of that time. 
The society that he began was responsible for bringing over 800 missionaries to the country who began 125 schools and directly resulted in 18,000 Christian conversions, as well as the establishment of more than 300 stations of work with more than 500 local helpers in 18 provinces. Now, when you read and study the life of Hudson Taylor, who was a British man, a big man, a white man, you will know that at that time, they cast out Christianity, communism. Get it out of here. But for some reason, when they got all the missionaries, all the Christians left China, Hudson Taylor didn't leave. You know why? Because they didn't notice the difference. He looked like one of them. Some people even say to this day that Hudson Taylor's eyes begin to slant. He cut his hair, the Mongolian, wore the robes, wore the garb. So when they started going around and kicking everybody out, they said, uh, you, you're out, you're a Christian, you, you're out, you're a Christian. But they skipped over Hudson Taylor, and he stood there, and he began a work that is still sustained to this day. He became all things to all people. Listen to me. Some of you, you were raised Mexican. You're not a Mexican. Listen to me. Some of you, you were raised Caucasian. You're not a Caucasian. Stop that. Stop doing that. Oh, this is just the way we've always done it. No, 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 no. You need to learn what it is to be born again. See, some of you were born Mexican, but you need to be born again. And when you were born again, you think differently. You move differently. You talk differently. There is a different way of being. The Apostle Paul says, to the weak, hey, I become weak. To those the strong, I become strong. To the Romans, I become Roman. To the Greek, I become a Greek. Why? Because I'm born again. I'm not. What my family said I was back then, I'm a new creation. Can I hear an amen? See, the apostle Paul said, I become. The word become means to change into or grow to be, to come into being. See, some of us got to start becoming what God has called us to be. I believe that some of you, you are called to be a missionary to China, so you need to start eating some Chinese food. I hate Chinese food. Well, if you're called to China, you better start eating that. Now, eat real Chinese food, not Panda Express, all right? You're the, you're the real deal over here. Some of you, you need to start, go, you need to go find a Russian restaurant. Just go find one. Now, I'm called to Russia. Well, then you better get a book and start speaking Russian. Like, don't, don't get the vodka, though. Don't do, don't do that. But you need to, like, do you understand what I'm saying? You got to start becoming, growing into. See, some of you right now, you are here in church, but you're stagnant in your spiritual walk. Your feet are here, your, your body is here, but your spiritual call has been left wherever you said, God, I want to become a Christian, and you converted that, and you left it there. He became your Savior, but he has not become your Lord. See, you and I need to understand for, uh, in order for us, for him to allow us, him to be our Lord, then we got to start becoming what he has called us to be. Can I hear an amen? See, you and I need to understand that God has called us to be everything that he's called us to be. Listen, God did not call you to be Kim Kardashian. Come on, ladies. 
God didn't call you, oh, I want to be. And what happens is you start looking at her, oh, I want to be just like her. Stop looking at her like, you need to stop that. You don't want to look like her. You need to become like God. Listen, some of you need to understand, some of you guys, God didn't call you to become Inspector Gadget. Ooh, I want the latest this. I want the latest that. No, no, no. God didn't call you to do that. God called you to be a man of God. He called you to be a warrior, a soldier in his army, and to become everything that he had called you to be, to the weak, to become weak. To the Greek becoming Greek. See, a lot of us, a lot of times, we think as long as we are understanding the world and understanding what is happening and just blending in, then, my friend, we're missing the purpose. We don't blend in just to blend in's sake. We blend in because there's a purpose for it. Charles Spurgeon said this. He says, others think that the object of Christian effort should be to educate men. Education is, a, is an exceedingly valuable thing. But if the church thinks that it is sent into the world merely to train the mental faculties, it has made a very serious mistake. Christ came to seek and save that which was lost. And on the same errand, he has sent his church. The apostle Paul repeats the same principle in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33. He says, I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they might be saved. The apostle Paul says that I might save some. In his desire to win souls, he acted with wisdom and sympathy, taught by experience, by even checking his own self. He conformed himself to the feelings of each in several classes that out of them that all might gain some. We know that we're not going to win them all, but in giving our all, we might save some. Listen, I love our, our, our mission. Right away, when you walk into the church, it says victory outreach. I want you to know something. If some of you are defeated right now, I want you to know something. Your victory is in your outreach. That's where it's at. Our anointing, God has anointed each and every one of us that has accepted him as, his, as our personal savior to be able to reach out to those who need reaching. Now, for those of you that are here, even for the first time, maybe you're just visiting with us and you're saying, man, what is victory outreach all about? You know what we're all about? Victory in our outreach. That's what we're all about. That's what God has called us to do. Listen, we are getting ready to save souls. Now, this is what I've learned. I have been doing dramas for a number of years. And in these numbers of years, there was one drama in particular. I remember, I want to say 1995, we did a Shake in the Bay Crusade. And the Shake in the Bay Crusade, we had thousands of people, thousands of people. We packed out Weeks Park there. I mean, it was a great time. We passed out hundreds of thousands of flyers, posters all over the place, commercials. We did everything. We brought in Art Blahos at that time. I'll never forget. We had Art Blahos on the stage. He was an ex-Mexican-Mafia hitman. And we brought him in. And, and my father had another man from the BGF come in. And another man from the NF and they all got up on stage I remember it was a powerful powerful time there was thousands of souls there we spent countless hours and hours and hours praying praying and praying praying and praying and praying months the day came thousands of people the altar call came altar call was flooded with people weeks went by the floods receded but there was one guy one guy got saved and touched and stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed. 1995, 
if I look back at it and I were to do my own personal research, it would look like on paper, <laughs> only one person. You did all that? All that for him? Yeah. To, yeah. I can't think of any other way. We did all that to save some, to save one. And listen to me. I'm saying that because, listen, we are about to get into a mode where we're going to pass out thousands of flyers, hit thousands of polls, pass out posters, praying for people, giving finances. We're going to start doing it all over again. But we might just save one. But guess what? It's all worth it. It's all worth it, my friend. It's all worth it. See, Paul understood this principle. He understood the calling that God had given him. He understood that he was going to go to cities and be rejected. He understood that he was going to go to places and they were going to beat him. He understood that he was going to get on a ship and it was going to be wrecked by the time it got in the middle. He understood that he was going to preach out of his mouth and people were going to beat that mouth shut. He understood that he was going to go into towns and they were going to lower him out of the city. But guess what? Even though they lowered out on the city, he got right back up and went right back inside and said hey I'm here to preach the gospel to the weak I become weak to the Greek I become Greek to the Roman I become the Roman and to the Jew guess what I'm a Jew baby I'm here I'm gonna preach this gospel no matter what this is what God has called me to do listen to me victory outreach heart of the bay Somebody once said, if you have no desires for souls to get saved, then be sure of this. Your soul is not saved. If you have no desire for souls to get saved, if you only come to church, say, man, I'm all messed up. Somebody needs to fix me. And you've been doing that for 10 years now. You need to you need to do what Paul did. You need to check your salvation. Check it. Listen, I understand we all come in with issues. We all come in with problems. We all have these certain ways of help uh, that we need help. And listen to me, uh, uh, I encourage you, keep on coming, but this is not that kind of message right now. This kind of message is preparing us, getting us ready. Pastor Tony has been preaching these past few Thursdays, getting us prepared and getting us ready, my friend. Listen, some of us right now, I, I know your legs are going to start hurting, but I want to challenge you. You, you, you got to get up. I know your back is going to hurt just a little bit, but I want to challenge you. Just straighten it up just a little bit. I know your arms are going to hurt just a little bit, but I want to challenge you. Just keep, give out that one more flyer. Just, just give it out. I know your knees are going to hurt just a little bit, but I want to challenge you. Just get back on your knees. Just pray just a few more moments longer, just a few more minutes longer. The Apostle Paul understood this. He said, listen, I don't have everything together. I don't have it all together, but I become all things to all men so that I might win some. Listen to me, Victory Armory, Heart of the Bay. There are men and women that are out there in the streets right now that need to hear your testimony, that need to hear the gospel, that men and women that are dying, that are hurting, that are saying, man, where is that woman at? Where is that man at? I need somebody to come and tell me that there is an answer to the situation that I'm in. I need a person that is going to get claimed a victory through their outreach. Your victory is in your outreach. So you and I must understand, my friend, that God has called us for beyond what our hands and our mouths can do on their own. He has given us a call, an intense call, that goes beyond just when we sit here on a Thursday night or on a Sunday morning and allows us to go beyond our natural means. I end with this. There's a preacher, tells a story. 
And it goes like this. It says, in Switzerland, where land is very precious because rock overflows and the rugged soil is reluctant to give, you see this husband looking after a little tuft of grass growing on the edges of a lofty cliff. From the valley, he had caught a sight of it and thought of scaling up to where it grew, but the rock was all too steep. From a ledge near the top of the sharp wall, he looked down, but he could see no pathway to the coveted morsel of grass. That armful of grass would feed his goat or help to fill the cottage loft where the winter food for the cow. Every armful is an item, and he cannot forego the tempting clump. He looks and looks and looks again, but looks in vain. By and by, he calls his young boy who can follow wherever the treacherous climb. But the boy, after a hard scramble, comes back with the news, Father, it cannot be done. Father, father's answer is, boy, it must be done. It is only an armful and would not be worth anything to us, but to the poor mountaineer, even a small gathering is worth it's precious time. The grass waves its flowers in the breeze and scorns the daring climbers from below. But where there is a will, there is a way. And what cannot be reached from below must be gained from above. So with the rope slung around him and firmly grasping his seasoned hand, with a heavy stake and a tree to hold it up above, the boy is let down till he gets to the protruding cliff. There he stands with his sickle, reaps the grass, ties it into a bundle, and puts it under his arm. And climbing back again, he joyfully returns with a little harvest. Poor pay, you and I may think, for such a dangerous toil. But fellow worker for Jesus, I wish we were as adventuresome for souls and as careful of them as these poor peasants are concerning with miserable bundles of grass. I wish that we sometimes looked up or down upon apparently inaccessible spots and resolved to reach immortal souls who are to be found there and agonized to bring them to Christ. As the story of this father and son looked for a place, found some grass that nobody else would be able to take a hold of, my friend, it would be such as us that could we look and go around and everyone else says, no, I can't get that. They can't get saved. They can't get touched. They're never going to be reached. No one's ever going to love them. No one's ever going to take them. But would there be some victory outreach people that would tie a rope around themselves and say, God, I'm going in. You hold the other end of the rope, and I'm going to go into this darkness. My friend, we got code red coming up, and it's coming up real soon. And my friend, I hope that you are ready. I hope you got your rope ready. I hope that you got your time ready. I hope you got your efforts ready, because we're going to need some some of you, you're going to have to go off a protruding cliff and you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to reach that treasure out of darkness. She's going to be in a place. He's going to be in a place that no one else can see, but God had called you to see. God didn't call you to say, hey, someone should go get him. Someone should go get her. God said, no, I sent you to go get her. I sent you to go get him. Tie a rope around yourself. Go in and don't worry. Listen, God's got you, my friend. He's holding on to you. I know it may be difficult. I know it may be tiresome. I know it may be even a little bit more out of your resources than you normally wouldn't do but my friend it's worth every bundle of harvest it may be a little harvest but my friend you were a little harvest somebody went and reached down and got you you were that little harvest 
Somebody went and said, hey, no one else is going after. I'll take you. Somebody went and got you. Somebody went after you. Say, so, well, I, I don't have that much. I, don't, I, I can't offer that much. My friend, you don't have to offer that much. Just to the weak, learn how to become weak. To the Greek, just become Greek. That's it. Learn how to become, grow to be. That's it. That's all it is. It's not about, oh, I, I, I have to be black to reach blacks. Who said that? No, no, no. I have to be white to reach the white folk. Who, who told you that? No, I, I have to speak Spanish before I can go. I don't speak no Spanish, so I can't reach them. Who told you that? Like, who, who said that? See, because a lot of times we think, well, I, I can't go over there. And we do that right away. We go, I can't go to Mexico. I don't speak any Spanish. So? That doesn't, I don't speak Chinese. I can't go to China. So? See, we have this thing in our heads that says we can't go there because I don't have the understanding. I don't have that resource. And God says, listen, I give you all the resources you need. I give you everything you need. All you need is a rope tied around you. I got you. That's all you need. You just need a rope and some passion. I want to challenge you, Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. Listen, August 1st, I believe that's next Saturday. And a lot of times when we say, we're going to go hit the streets and we're going to go out and reach souls, sometimes we'll get less than half. We'll get people, oh, well, I, I'll try. I'll see if I could do it. Listen, I want to challenge you, Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. I want to challenge you as your pastor, as your shepherd. Listen, God has called us to reach the unreachable, to teach the unteachable, to bring hope to the hopeless. You don't need to have a lot of money. You just need to have a lot of hope. You don't need to have a whole lot of resources. You just got to have a whole lot of passion. That's it. I want to help those that need help. Listen, I, I, I would even say, and I prayed this earlier, and, and hopefully I'm praying that somebody here, that maybe you might come into contact with this officer's wife. I really mean that. That you would just maybe give her dinner. Say, well, I don't have a lot of money, but I can cook. Pfft, there you go. Cook it up. Me, I can't cook, but I could pay for food. I'll pay for it. Here you go. I'll figure it out. I, I, I become all things to all men that I might win some. I'm not going to win them all. But just because I'm not going to win them all doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I still got to do it. That's what God has called me to do. Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. I know some of you right now, well, but man, my, my marriage, man, all about my finances, all about my son. I, I, I came because I wanted to hear a message from my son. Because my son, listen, your victory is in your outreach. You're going through it in your marriage? Go save some souls. You're going through it in your finances? Go save some souls. I'm, te I'm telling you. This is something that has worked for Victory Outreach Hayward, Heart of the Bay, for over 30 years. And it has worked for me. Even when I'm going through it, you know what I do? I will find somebody to pray for. I just find somebody. I got, man, I got to pray for somebody. I'm going through it. I need to pray for somebody. My marriage is going through it. I got to win a soul. I got to figure it out. I get, somebody's got to be led to the Lord. Because if I'm going through it, it's because the enemy doesn't want me to save souls. I got to figure this out. See, this kind of messages, I understand that you may not hear 
in other churches. You may not hear in other ministries, but listen, God has called us as Victory Outreach to be exactly that. Reach out. Reach out. I want to challenge you, Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. Don't wait for flyers. You are the flyer. Don't wait for a group of people. Listen, just do this. There's a reason why, and read it all for yourself throughout the scriptures. There's a reason why a lot of times the Bible says two or three, two or three, two or three. It says it a lot. Two or three, two or three, two or three are gathered. There is in the midst. A three, bundle, a three bundle cord cannot be broken like two or three. God made marriage with two people. There's a reason, two, like two. I want to challenge you. You're saying, man, I need to get out there. But I don't want to go by myself. Listen, don't wait for 10, 20, or 50, or 100 people. Just take one person. Just take one other person. That's it. Just say, hey, you ready? We'll go pray for people. Oh, but wait, we don't have any flyers. Flyers right there. Go pray for somebody. And listen, I understand it may not be blasted all over the news. No one's going to say, hey, look, she did a great deed. You're not going to get a reward and a trophy. We're going to honor you up here. Look at so-and-so saved these many souls today. But you're going to know your reward, it's in heaven. You know, I, I believe that I'm going to get to heaven. This is what I believe. I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to look at my crown and I go, I don't remember this. Because there's a lot of things. When did that happen? But hey, God, God knows. God watches, God sees. So if you're looking for that, uh, uh, you know, like the Apostle Paul said here, if you're looking for that glory here, well, then your fame, it's here on earth. But this is where it diminishes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pass away. But if you want eternal glory, I want to challenge you. Reach out, reach heart of the bay. We're doing an event September 25th and 26th, but I want you to know something. The event is not those two days. The event starts when you get up and you reach out. That's when it starts. You could do it tonight. Some of you, after every service, you have a ritual. You go eat. I want to challenge you. Make a new ritual. Go eat and save a soul. Pray for somebody. Make it a habit. I become all things to all people. And especially if you go eat, out of most restaurants, especially in Hayward, they're all closed, so only a few are open, and the homeless know that. So what do they do? Hang out outside. There's somebody right there. Pray for them. Just don't pass them by. Hey, I want to pray for you today. Pray for you tonight. See, this is what the Apostle Paul was trying to tell the disciples and tell these men and tell these women. He says, hey, become all things to all people. Try it. Win some souls. That's what it's all about. I want to challenge us, Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. As we get ready to shake the bay, before we shake the bay, we need to shake ourselves. Shake ourselves. Shake our thinking. But some of us, we got to shake off that selfishness. Some of us got to shake off it's, it, it's all about me syndrome. Some of us got to shake off what about me. You got to shake it off. Let it fall off. Let it break off. Because somebody's waiting for you to share that gospel. Your victory is in your outreach. Stand with me here tonight. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, let your spirit continue 
to dominate in everything that is said and everything that is done. Lord, we need you like never before, Lord God. We are getting prepared and getting ready, Lord God, to get on a mission and begin to go places where no one else wants to go, getting ready to do things that no one else wants to do, getting ready to say things that no one else wants to, to say. But, Lord God, I pray that you would anoint each and every man, each and every woman that is here. Get us out of our religious uh, thinking, Lord God, any religiosity. Lord, I pray that it would leave in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you have called us to win the lost. You have called us to reach the hurting. Father, that our hearts, even for those of us that have been saved for a while, my God, I pray that we would get back to the basics of praying and evangelizing, praying and evangelizing, praying and sharing the gospel, winning souls for your honor and for your glory, oh God. Lord, be with us here tonight, Lord Jesus. Let the power of your Holy Ghost begin to flow from the front to the back. Father, have your way in Jesus' name. As every head bowed and every eye closed, and listen, you're here tonight.